say, Lord, thank you for surrounding me this morning. Come on. Lord, I thank you for always being there for me, Lord, in my times of trouble, tribulation, and trials. I'm thankful today, Lord, that you have been there for me, that you have walked beside me, that you have been there in my mountains and in my valleys, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I praise you today, Lord. Someone say in Jesus' name. I guess the question is, how have you been fighting your battles? <laughs> have you been bringing them to the cross? Have you been bringing them to the Lord? Or have you been fighting them yourself? Well, this is how you need to fight your battles. You need to fight them with worship and praise and thanksgiving, adoration. <laughs> the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous, we run into it and we are saved 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 and let the church say amen this morning i want to conclude my series on jonah today i'm going to deliver the word to you simply three days someone shout three days and three nights come on say it again three days and three nights you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. Today I want to bring your attention to the word of the Lord out of Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. We have just celebrated Easter. How many are thankful for Easter? Amen. How many are thankful for the death of Jesus Christ? Amen. How many are thankful that he rose again on the third day? How many are thankful for that? And let the church say, yes, Lord. <laughs> Without resurrection, his death would have been just another death. But he rose again, and we celebrated that this last week, the Holy Week of Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. We find that in Matthew chapter 12, this is Jesus talking, and he is ministering to his disciples. I read this to you a few weeks ago, but let me refresh your memory and read it in your hearing again. In Matthew 12 and verse 40, he, Jesus says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights, someone say three days and three nights, in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So you say you want to be like Jesus. So you say you want to be a follower of Christ. Well, then you too will follow in his footpaths and be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. We celebrated Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we experienced the power of that resurrection on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but I 
plug into the resurrection power and the hope that it brings every single day of my life. It is on a daily basis that I remind myself of my hope I have in Jesus Christ my Lord. When no other hope abounds, He is still the constant hope that is a part of my everyday life. On a daily basis, I am reminded of my desperate need for this Jesus that I'm preaching about. My need that He came, He shed His blood, He rose again after He died, and He fulfilled all of the prophecies of old to become the Messiah, the Savior, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Today, I want to explore in this final message on Jonah, I want to explore the similarities that we can see between Jonah and Jesus. Why did, in chapter 12, Jesus pluck a small, almost uh, a very short prophet, uh, not short in stature, but in, in the book, is such a short book of Jonah, four chapters we find, few pages, but yet... Jesus chose to pull Jonah out of the Old Testament and say to us and to those disciples that if you're looking for a sign, there will be no other sign except the sign that Jonah left us. And then he says, like Jonah, I will too be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Three days and three nights. I want you to explore with me the, the similarities between Jonah and Jesus and why Jesus chose him and the lesson. Obviously, we need to go and study Jonah because Jesus refers to him and we need to learn from this man of God. I pray that you will truly hear me today. I pray that you will unstop your spiritual ears. I pray that you will open your heart to the Savior who loves you. Someone shout, He loves me. Someone shout, He's merciful. Come on. Say, His grace endures forever. Come on. Come on, shout, His mercy endures forever. Ah, say, I'm eligible for His mercy. Come on now. Yes. I pray that you will hear the word of the Lord as I speak to you, the body of Christ. I want you first to observe some of the similarities that we will find between Jonah and Jesus. The first similarity I find so interesting is that they both had a reluctance to do God's will. We find in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3, ship going to Tarshish. Tarshish from where Nineveh was, was the opposite direction. Tarsus was as far as the east is from the west, from the place that God intended for him to go. And so he paid the fare and went down to it to go with them to Tarshish, where from the presence of the Lord. We find Jesus in Matthew 26 and verse 39. It says this, that he went a little further. We find him in the garden. We find him before the disciples farther and fell on his face, Jesus that is, and prayed saying, Oh my Father, if it is possible to let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will. Someone shout, not as I will. But as you will, Lord, yes, as you will, Father. We find that both Jonah and Jesus struggled with this idea that God's will must be done. We find that there's another coincidence in that the casting of lots. 
we will find Jonah chapter 1 and verse 7 that, and they said one to another, the mariners, the, the ship's captain and the men that were on that ship, come, let us cast lots that we may know who caused this trouble and has come on us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. In Luke 23 and 34, we find that Jesus is now hanging on an old rugged cross. And he is there observing that that was going on around him. And he speaks the words that I hang my life upon. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the Bible says, and they divided his garments and cast lots. It's interesting to me that they casted lots both in Jonah and in Jesus' instance. Then we find that both of them came to preach to preach repentance. Jonah was running from God's presence. He did not want to go to the people of Nineveh for he hated the people of Nineveh. But God had commanded him to go and to do one thing, to preach repentance. Someone near today needs to hear that while last week we celebrated the resurrection, God still requires repentance to come before his throne. We are living in an hour. Repentance is a bad word. Sin is a word selected only for the worst of the worst. I've got news today that I, like you, are sinners saved by the mercy and the grace of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are not somehow outside of the repentance period of our life, but rather we, like David, need to fall on our faces and say, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. I know that there has bones that have been broken, but that does not give us permission to hate a God that loves us so much. I'm here to tell somebody that you need to practice repentance in your life. Jonah proclaimed God's word in chapter 3 and verse 4 and God's message to the people of Nineveh. And you can read it yourself when he calls them to repentance. It was Jesus in Matthew 4 and verse 17. Jesus begins his ministry by preaching repentance. He didn't preach a, a, a gospel of prosperity. He did not preach a gospel of miracles, signs, and wonders that would come at a later time. His first chore and his first command was to bring us to a place of repentance. For without repentance, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. We must, like Christ, like Jonah, we must repent. Jesus, in Matthew 12 and 40, what I just read in your hearing, he seems to liken his time in the tomb to Jonah's experience. As he would in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. He came that the lost might be saved. He likened us to one sheep out of the ninety and nine that he went out and sought after until. But when he found that sheep, he did not leave it to his own. No, the shepherd would break that sheep's leg do one thing, and that is to save us. It is to bring us into the fold when we have been lost by our own ways and our own will. I'm here to preach to somebody today that God in your brokenness is still 
God and he has not changed and his name shall be praised and you will lift him up because if you don't he will find a rock that will take your place somebody needs to realize that brokenness is not ungodly that brokenness is not because you are a bad person but brokenness in these instances in our willingness to be his child they are for a purpose the brokenness of our hearts and our lives sometimes take us to dark places that we don't even like to talk about but I'm here to proclaim and tell you that there's purpose because God said his word declares that all things work together for the good to them that are in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I know where I stand. I'm in Christ. So I must say to myself, the purpose of this trial is not because I'm hated or because I have bad luck or because no 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 the purpose of this trial is so that the brokenness that comes will save me from my own self will save me hear me today do you believe the word of the Lord we find that both Jonah and Jesus had to choose they had to make choices. You and I have to make choices. We, in this room, all of us have to decide what our three days and three nights will look like. How will I react to the salvation of God that feels like a death sentence? How will I react in the midst of the belly of this decision while God works on me so that I can be saved? We must choose. Jonah ran from the presence of God. Jesus <laughs> ran to the Father's will. There was a choice. Jonah went to Tarshish when he should have went to Nineveh. Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will. You want to be more like Jesus? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. The will of man is the strongest fight for a spiritual warfare. I'm here to tell you that when I command by the name and the blood of Jesus for demons to leave, the scripture says they must leave. But if I encounter somebody who is partnered and willingly allowing Satan to be a part of their life and willingness to be a part of something that is other than holy, I'm here to tell you that that flesh, my flesh, your flesh, their flesh can be more uh, strong, can be stronger than the power of the name of Jesus. Oh, pastor, what are you talking about? God is no, listen, respecter of person. He made you a creature of free will. And if you say no, Lord, he's going to respect your no. But it won't stop the consequence of that no. There is, someone say amen. Mm. I'm preaching to somebody today. I don't know who you are, but I know you're here. 
I know you're online. I don't know exactly, but I'm going to tell you, God is speaking to me and speaking to you uh, that there is a time that is now high time to stand and to be counted uh, and know where you're at and who you're living for and where you're going and how you're going to get there. It's not time. Mm. It's not time to sit back and hope everything works out. It's not time uh, to make sure, oh no, that I am preserved and all my stuff is taken care of. Uh, oh no, no. I want to be a living sacrifice. I want to set myself apart by living for Christ boldly. Someone say amen. Jesus ran to the Father's will. Jonah made the men save themselves. Hear me today. Jonah knew that if he was off that ship that the storm would cease. Jonah made them. If you throw me overboard, the storm will stop. Jonah made them decide whether to save themselves when they and when he commanded them to throw him into the sea. But Jesus, listen to me, came and to seek and to save them that were lost. He died a willing death on Calvary so that you and I could be saved. He's not here saying, if you do enough, if you pay enough, if you act enough, then you will be saved. He is here to say, I paid it all on Calvary. And on Calvary, your sins hang. And today is the day of salvation. I have purchased for you a free gift. And that gift is eternal life with your Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jonah preached repentance with reluctance and Jesus preached repentance with a passion for souls. Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of that fish or the belly of his decisions. Would he turn? Would he repent? Would he be saved? Would he save himself from himself for the purpose that God had on him? Was his hatred for the Ninevites so great that he would just allow himself to be consumed what God meant to save him. Hear me today. The blessings that God has poured up, poured out on this body. The blessings that God has poured out on this country. Uh, if we're not careful, it will be the very thing that destroys us from heaven uh, to be our home. Uh, hear me when I tell you uh, that God is speaking to us as the church. Uh, and what you think might save you is not what's going to save you. Uh, it's not the boat that saved Jonah. It was the great fish that he could not see it was the darkness that he could not stand it was the puke and the ungodly things in the belly of that fish that made him what he was and the decision that he made would he be saved would he be fish food or deliverance would he be what God called him to be Jesus someone shout Jesus hear me today Jesus spent three days and three nights it was in Jonah's instance he was in the belly of that fish making a decision if you read Jonah chapter 2 as we already have you will find that Jonah learns how to pray in chapter 2 but at the end of chapter 2 in verse 9 and 10 we find that Jonah 
had to come to a place where he said, I'm going to be thankful. <laughs> I'm going to give sacrifice with what? Thanksgiving. Then he said, what? I'm going to pay all that I have vowed. In other words, Lord, everything I've ever told you that I'll do if you save me. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I said, Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. Well, payday is here. Payday is coming. It's not time to just give God lip service. It's time to say, I'm going to pay everything that I ever vowed, and I'm going to give my life wholly and totally to God. Someone shout amen. We find that it was three days and three nights that Jonah spent, and it was three days and three nights that Jesus spent. But you see, Jonah spent it learning how to pray. Jesus spent it conquering death and hell so that we could be resurrected into newness of life. Revelations chapter 1 and verse 17 says, And when I saw him, oh Jesus, when I saw him, John the Revelator is talking about when he met up with Jesus. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, don't be afraid. Come on now. I am the first and I am the last. And I am he who what? Lives and was dead. Behold, I am alive. Someone shout, he is alive. Come on, someone look at your neighbor and say, he is alive. And furthermore, someone shout, furthermore. And plus, amen, and I have the keys, by the way, of hell and death. The devil doesn't even own the keys to his own house because Christ went to the pit, to the... Oh, he, I, who was dead, am now alive. Jonah spent his three nights and three days trying to figure out who he was and what he would serve. Jesus, he in his three nights and three days conquered everything that you and I needed him to conquer. What will you do? What will you do in your three nights and three days? Hear this, Pastor. When I say boldly that every single person under the sound of my voice will face a time where you are three nights and three days in a decision. The place is always the least likely that you choose. The place is the least inconvenient. It's the least place that you look for it. But I promise you, there are trials and tribulations that, allow, that are allowed to come into our lives. Uh, and it requires us. It requires us to make some decisions. It requires us to choose some things. Will we choose repentance with a passion or will we do it with resentment? Will you repent of your sins longing for them or will you repent of your sins rejoicing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Will you repent with longing after the sin that does so easily beset you or will we repent in a way that it is yes Lord take your will and your way and have it in my life? There is a question before you. What will you do in your three nights and three days? 
days. Will you be angry at God, the fact that you fell overboard and they threw you, and now you're blaming the people that threw you overboard. Uh, I can't believe those people. I hate those people. Instead of hating the people that you made throw overboard, uh, why don't you understand that God has a purpose under the waves of your life, uh, and in the darkness, He's going to resurrect you uh, on the third day. Uh, understand that your third day may be three months or three weeks or three years or five years or ten years uh, you are in a oh, you are in a journey with Jesus uh, it's not something that is set in stone uh, it's about your valley uh, of decision uh, I can tell you from personal experience that these last three years uh, have been my three days uh, and my three nights uh, I can tell you from oh from everything that's within me that in these last three years uh, there have been days I could not get the seaweed uh, from around my neck and my head. Uh, there were days where I felt like I could not pray uh, and I had to call someone uh, and say, could you pray for this man uh, because I am weak and I am in need uh, of Jesus. Uh, but I will tell you as assured as I stand here uh, that I never thought the righteous was forsaken uh, and I knew his seed was never going uh, to beg bread. Uh, my flesh did not like what I was going through. I was a lamb with a broken leg. A broken leg, it would seem, from my father. But I'm here to tell you, there is a reason for the broken leg. It's so that you learn you should never leave the 90 and 9. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to those online that will watch it today and next month and the month after that. Because God is here to ask somebody in this house, or online today what will you do in the midst of your three days and your three nights will you will you will you respond to the Holy Spirit will I respond will I turn will I repent will I allow the blood of Jesus to flow afresh and new in my life why because it's that blood that conquers sin it's that blood that pulls me out of the grasp of death it is in that moment that I realize that it is in this I will be resurrected I may be down but I'm not out I may be buried but I shall rise again I am his child oh I am blood bought I am full of the Holy Ghost and while my flesh and my mind might not understand uh, this I do know uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken uh, nor his seed begging bread uh, today I'm asking you why why would you turn away from God and run to Tarshish? Why? Because we are human. We are human and we sometimes don't want to do what God has asked us to do. I'm here to tell you that his mercy endures forever. Uh, Jesus himself said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to face Calvary. I don't want to, but nevertheless, uh, I need somebody to say amen. Uh, that when you face your nevertheless moment in your life, uh, in the midst of your three days and three nights, I ask myself, and today I do not have the time, as my wife will attest, she made me cut out three pages of my notes. She said, the seat cannot endure what your mind wants to say. But I'm here to preach to somebody that there has to be an understanding from God's word. Why three days? 
I have done an extensive research on three days, on three days. In the scripture, it's interesting that Ruth, uh, 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 she was spent three days. It was uh, my wife's favorite character in Esther that she fasted for three days and three nights before she presented herself uh, to the king. Uh, I can show you over and over and over again where God used the number three and three days uh, to give us a sign of understanding. It was no accident that Jesus said like Jonah I too will be three days and three nights so why did he use those three days because this is why the Jewish people believed that after three days you were really dead that the soul had left you and that you were no longer any hope there was no longer any hope of you coming back to life it was in these three days that the Jewish people said if you aren't up in three days and we know assuredly that you are dead Jesus wanted them to see that I will surely be dead but yet I shall live again unto newness of life it's in this three days that we learn so much Jesus wanted them to know that at the end of your hope uh, there's hope in me uh, at the end of your situation you find that will never be fixed and never come alive again uh, the dreams that lay dastard around you uh, the things you thought were well, children that are uh, without God and places and people in your life that you never thought could be healed uh, God says let me work my uh, let me work my miracles by the name and the blood that I have shed for you on Calvary why? Because what you think is impossible, God says, uh, all things are possible uh, when my name and my blood. Uh, I'm here to preach to you today uh, that three days and three nights, uh, they were meant for a reason. It's interesting that the children of Israel, on their way out of Egypt... You can read the story for yourself, but you're going to find that God commanded them to go three days journey before they stopped and sacrificed unto the Lord for what he did and brought them out. It's interesting to me when you do just a little bit of study that three days is the amount of time that it can take them to go. But it's in those three days that water begins to run out and food begins to dry up. Why? Why would God send them to a desert three days away from civilization? Because he had to make sure that they were done with their sinful Egypt moment and that they were ready to have new life and hope only in him. It took God to send manna on days they did not have food. They got water from a rock. God provided. But it was only when they went three days journey from the place of comfort, the place of sin, the place where they come out of. God is pulling on some of your hearts today saying, I know you think you're in the midst of a wilderness, but if you'll just come the three days, I've got provision for you that you will never run dry. You will never never thirst again ah uh, you will never uh, because you will drink living water uh, and that living water shall make you whole it's in that moment that we understand uh, that he that endureth uh, to the end uh, shall be saved it's not about comfort uh, it's not about so easy street and tulips in the park uh, it's about uh, sacrificing ourselves on the altar uh, of God uh, that we might be willing to say, Lord, like Paul, Lord, I want to fellowship
fellowship with you in your suffering. Why? Because it's in these moments that we really figure out who God is and who we are in God. Without trial, there is no faith. Without problem, there is no confidence in God. But I don't know about you, my three nights and three days, my three times, my three years, these last three years, God spoke to me and said, the three years are up. And I have come to tell you that I am going to bring manna from heaven's gore. That I'm going to put water in the rock. And I'm going to heal your wife. I'm going to heal your body. I'm going to heal and wholeness of your home. I'm going to perform and complete the good work that has already began in me. I don't know about you, but I feel like I got some partners here this morning that say, Pastor, I'm sick of the three years. I've been in the belly of this decision way too long. I'm here to preach to somebody that you've got to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Don't give up now. You've come this far by faith. Don't turn around. Come on. Keep going because he that endureth to the end. But you can't endure without repentance. Hear me today. Sin will ebb away like rust on a car. It will, ebb, it will destroy what you thought at one time was beautiful. Michigan is famous for its salt and its, right? And it, how many have saw what was a beautiful vehicle? And there was evidence around the bottom of the, the doors, around the fenders, that this once beautiful car was now full of cancer called rust. And what was once beautiful will now cut you. How many's ever been cut on a rusty old truck or car? I, I have. I, ha I had to get a tetanus shot one time because I got really sliced on a, an old Chevy pickup uh, because it was so full of rust. Because if we're not careful, we will not value or take care of the thing that God purchased for us. I'm preaching hard today. I'm preaching with honesty and truth. And this preacher is here to declare in this house, in this building, in this place that the three days and the three nights we have repented. <laughs> we have set ourselves apart. <laughs> we have said yes, Lord, to his will and his way. And now I've got some messy news for you. I feel like there's some regurgitation happening. Uh, I feel like there's a whale and a great fish that's fixing to, to take us to a new place. Uh, it's going to be messy and it's going to smell funny and it's not going to be, oh no, it's, we're going to have to tell, oh no, it's going to be disgusting. But I'm here to tell you that uh, deliverance can be messy and disgusting, uh, but it is sure an amen. Uh, and if God can oh, keep you safe in the pit of a stomach, in the belly of a fish, in the place of decision, then he can keep you right now in his hand. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise today. Amen. Mm. Hear me today. The Jews in their deliverance from Egypt had to travel three days away from that sinful place in order to find the space to sacrifice to the God that had delivered them. 
Pastor, why didn't he just sacrifice? Because it wasn't for God. The sacrifice was for the people to understand and be thankful for God. You see, sometimes we think that we're praising him because he wants... No, praising him is for us, not just for him. Repentance is not for him, it's for us. In those three days and three nights, we find that both Jonah and Jesus, that they did very important things. Jonah learned to pray and make right what was wrong. Jesus learned to battle and do the will of his Father. You know, those that are under the sound of my voice, either online or in this room today, I know you, you feel what I'm saying. I sense that there is a connection deep inside of you. I'm going to ask you right now to close your eyes and ask the Lord that your mind not try to disconnect you from the feeling of conviction that God would bring upon your life. You see, the enemy wants to make you busy so you forget about what you should be doing. The enemy wants to bring stuff. How many of you have ever woke up in the middle of the night and spent the rest of the morning on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it might be, watching videos? How many of you have avoided setting things down and being silent because you know that when you do, God is going to speak and He's going to speak. And when He speaks, it demands action. And that action is not something that your flesh desires. Today, I'm bringing this to you, not with a heavy heart, but with a determined spirit. It's not with sadness I say these things. It's with great joy I say them because I know what I'm saying. It will save you and it will keep you and it will bring you to newness of life like the resurrection. But you have to respond. I have to respond. I can talk about all the things I've been through and I can sit and we can lament and cry and laugh and struggle and be angry and we can do all, but, or we can say, I'm not going to stay here any longer. I'm not going to talk about everything I lost or am losing. I'm going to start focusing on my future, not my present. In this life, we are so tempted as humans to focus on things that we have no control over. How many of you know you have no control over yesterday? Can I get an amen? Can I get a yes, Lord? You have no control over yesterday. But you have much control over tomorrow. The enemy likes to trick us and think that because we messed up yesterday, that somehow we are negating our ability to be right on the next morning. That's not true. You've got to respond to his call that... God, why are you allowing this? This last week, I, I had a moment. Can I be transparent with you? Will everybody say amen? amen. Well, good, because I was going to do it anyway. The transparency of my spirit was, my wife didn't, come, didn't, didn't not get to come to Easter morning service. After we had planned everything and had this amazing week, Right before I come and preach, Dr. Versha comes and says to me, Pastor, you need to take your wife to the emergency room right now. And I stood in that aisleway right there and I wondered, God, what are you doing? I'm going to deliver the word. If I leave at this very second, I'm walking. They're done singing. I'm walking to this podium. It will cause confusion. And people, and the Lord spoke to me and said very clearly to me, 
go preach the word and I'll care for your wife. So I stood here and I preached the word knowing that the good doctor, Dr. Versha, who's an amazing lady, her and her husband are both MDs at U of M and they were so kind, they have been so kind to us and I knew in the back of my head I should be at the eat, but the Lord spoke to me and said, come on, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, preach. Why? Because my promise is not based on how I feel. My promise is based on the word of God. And so I began to preach the word without fear or favor because I knew God had to come because I'm going to tell you in the moment that I was living, my flesh said, run, go, take care of, that's your job, go do it. But the Holy Ghost kept prodding me, no, I will care, you go do and I will see you through. In that transparency, I want to share this in the fact that when I got done at the end of that day, Sister Leslie, I was angry. This is the transparency. I was angry. I was angry because I didn't get to finish my message. I was angry because it's Easter and I wanted to shake everybody's hand and hug their neck and high five and rejoice. My wife thought I was angry at her because she was sick. I'm like, no, I'm not angry at you because you're sick. Lord have mercy. I'd never be angry at her. I was angry at everything. You hear me today? Oh, none of you ever do that, right? I mean, flap your wings. I want to see your wings today. Okay. And the Lord smote me, Brother Carl, as I was laying in my bed on Sunday night and said, why are you angry? I had to come to this conclusion that I was angry because it didn't satisfy my will, my way, my desires. God said, Nate, today was perfect in my sight. And all things work together for my good. It was a palpable presence in that room as I lay in bed trying to go to sleep. I had to realize that the choice was mine. Why am I angry? Some of you are angry at God. You're angry at everything. Because you don't know where to sit your anger. You don't know where to point. You're trying to figure it out because it seems like every time you turn around, something else goes wrong. Can I get an amen from anybody? Something else happens. Something, the world goes apart. Something else happens. We have more shootings and more war. And, and, you, and, and it's just like, when, when is this going to stop? And God is here to tell you that it's not about when it's going to stop. It's when you're going to start doing what God has asked you to do. Trusting in Him. Let me just close with this. God in His mercy. Someone shout His mercy. Am I helping anybody today? I said, God in his mercy. Do you know what endures forever? <laughs> Do you know it's to every generation? This is what he said. God in his mercy has called you from a place of sin. Can I tell you something? That if I would have stayed angry, I would have ended up in sin. Do you hear me today? Because he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not is the same as a sin to him. And I knew I had nobody or anything to be angry about, but there was something that was trying to steal the joy of the Lord in my life. 
And I had to say, not today, devil, not today. Because greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. I am victorious, not by my feelings, but by my faith. Somebody needs to repeat this again. Uh, I'm not victorious by my, how I feel. I'm victorious because I have faith in Jesus Christ, who is overcoming the world. Your three days and three nights might be three months or three years. I don't know. But God is trying to pull you away from your past. Hear me today as I close. God is trying to pull you from your past. Your past experiences. Your past systems of understanding. Your belief that, oh, I'm just going to believe it. No, no. Study to show thyself approved. Some of you need to dive into God's word like never before. God is trying to pull you past your failures and past your frailty and past your sin. But you've got to repent and turn from your wicked ways. Uh, you've got to become dependent. It has to be a three-day journey in order to be beyond rescue. Some of us never get right because we never want to be on the three days. We always want to be in control and hope that whew, I can rescue myself. But after the three days, there is seemingly no hope. But Christ has come to bring, how many know he come to bring you hope? You know that those three days and three nights are the longest and the hardest that you'll ever live. Come on now, somebody. You know that those three days and three nights, you're going to wrestle against your flesh. And you're going to wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness and high places. You know that in this moment that you... This is what Paul says. When you're wrestling against your flesh and desires, Paul writes as I close Romans 6 and 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We might think that the belly of a stinky fish is his judgment when truly it's his mercy. It's his grace. It's his wisdom. It's his love. It's his decision to help you when you don't know how to help yourself. To put you in places that you don't understand that become divine in their purpose. We might think that the wilderness we're in is God's disfavor on our lives. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's truly God's grace working in us. So my question as you stand with me today. My question is this. Who am I talking to today? I know I've been talking to me for about three or four weeks. I know the Lord has been revealing himself in ways that have been fresh and exciting and beautiful. My prayer times have been charged with revelation. My question for you is, by the way, I'm not sure I would have saw those revelations without going through the struggle and the trial that we've been through. So I'm trying, I'm trying to be transparent enough to tell you that just because you are going through something doesn't mean that that's your end or that's... Did you hear me? Jonah got delivered from the whale. Jesus got delivered from the grave. You can get delivered from your situation. But you got to turn you got to repent. So my question for you today is this. What are you doing 
while you're in those three nights and three days. If you're angry today, I want you to find a place of prayer and say, Lord, I want you to forgive me for my anger. Help me to turn that to trust and believing that you have my best interest at heart. Pastor, that's not easy. No, no one said it was easy, but it's the truth. Who here am I speaking to that you have not received the prayer requests like you would like to see it? And so you've become jaded almost. You've become cold towards the presence of God. You've not allowed God to flood your spirit because you have expectations of the flesh and not of the spirit. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Who am I talking to? When I tell you that God wants to take that fish, bring you to a place of decision, and that decision is trust in Him. He never, hear me, He never meant for the fish to kill you. He meant it to save you. But you've got to believe that. So who am I speaking to? Who needs to say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm going to stop being angry at you. I'm going to stop being angry. I'm going to stop this frustration and I'm going to put it back on the altar. I came in this room this last, well, two weeks ago now, I came in this room and I, not physically, but I mentally and emotionally and spiritually put some things right back here, Sister Roseanne. (laughs) I put some things that I had picked back up, some stuff hurts and stuff that, and I said, Lord, Remind me why I put them there. Remember, and God did just that. Some in this building, you want deliverance. You want your life to be free from the the rancor and the frustration and the, the constant up and down. You're great one day and terrible the next. God wants to even you out. He wants to deliver you from anxiety. He wants to deliver you from depression. He wants you, but you've got to set yourself free by repenting and asking God to help you. God's not trying to kill you. He's trying to save you. Three days and three nights. It feels like forever, but it's not. It's his will. Lift your hands all over this house. Heavenly Father, come on, sing.
needs to pray today? Come on, come on. Flood this altar right now. Come on. Find a place right now to pray. Come on. I know we're resurrection in the life. Things are... Come on. Turn, turn. Turn, 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 turn. Come on. Come on. Who am I talking to today? Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Worship. It's all about you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry Lord for the thing I made, it's all about you, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, come on, let God touch you today, let God touch you, come on. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you today. Come on. Oh, yeah, for the thing I made, it's all about you. Come on, let the God of heaven and earth speak to you today. Is there anybody else that wants to pray this morning? Find that place. Come on, pray in your seats. I don't care where you pray. Oh, come on, don't turn the Holy Ghost off this morning. Come on, I'm pleading with you today. Don't turn God's voice off in your life. Come on, just just say yes, Lord. Come on, just say yes, Lord, Lord. Hallelujah.